Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and I'm joined as always today by Alex Miller. Mate, huge weekend, some very, very big results to shake off the top eight. We've got plenty to talk about. A few teams underperforming, but a few teams still hanging in there for finals. Uh, i tell you what, Cat, it was a fantastic weekend of footy, a beautiful top two clash. We got to see some some snooze fest, some great showings though and some close games and very keen to get stuck into uh, this episode for sure. Alex Doherty, I'd say more close ones than snooze fest this week. Even Sunday, which normally is the, the snooze day of the footy, provided some uh, interesting results. Yeah, well, uh, we still have the one constant of St Kilda and North having an incredibly crap game, but I'll give I'll give them credit where it's due. It certainly wasn't as crap as the last time they played. At least North were actually uh, threatening to take the game away. But you know, as North go, as North they usually do, Miller, they're uh, they're no they're no bloody good. Um, can't hold a lead. Don't trust them with your dog. Um, but uh, how good was Friday night though, Cat? Oh, uh, I'm glad I didn't go to that one. Alex Doherty is two and zip in the A3 Cup. Uh, I'd just like to remind everyone that before this week, Doc said he was boycotting the game, and now he's back on the Bulldogs after they get one win again. <laughs> what, should, what should we jump back off when we shit the bed to GWS this week? He changed his tip last minute as well. I actually did too. I, 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 I was driving up driving up to the Sedmers and I was thinking, you know what? I've got a sneaking suspicion about the doggies uh, tonight. So, I, I, oh, You reckon? The fact, does the fact that we've only beaten you once under Bevo have anything to do with it possibly, Doc? Oh, look, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I wasn't exactly... Exactly, putting my um my hopes on that. I just just had the feeling about the dogs uh, that night, and um you know after after quarter time, I immediately regretted the tip, and I turned the phone off and uh, watched uh I actually watched the Barbie on the Thursday night and Oppenheimer on Friday night. So I, I nearly fell asleep Dang. during uh during Oppenheimer. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I nearly fell asleep watching the footy. So we were both having the same uh, Friday night, I think, at the end, Doc. But yes, you're well and truly on top of the A3 Cup. The dogs have got a huge advantage uh, now leading into the end of the season. So, doggy, <laughs> Doc going with the Ken Inkley celebration there and the showdown. The doggy's well and truly on top. But before we get into any teams this week, boys, we've got to talk about uh, a big uh, bit of suspension news, Miller, and it's caused some absolute horror scenes on both sides of the coin. Uh, Willie Rioli looking like he's going to be getting two weeks for his hit mm. on Nathan Murphy. Copped him in the chin um, off the ball. Bit of a, I don't want to call it a punch because it was a bit of an open hand sort of, um, I don't know, motion. Is that the mm. that's probably the word they'll use in the tribunal? It's still, uh, it's still a strike though, Cat. Let's call strike. it for what it is. It's a strike, absolutely. That's how it got graded. And this is a strike. Um, what do we make of it? Two weeks deserving. What do we see? I mean, I think straight away, obviously, the big thing is that it wasn't a punch, which sort of makes it a little bit better. But I think I'd be going for three weeks. I think that given all the work we've done this year with concussion, we talk about the dangerous tackle. But this has got to be worse, I think, than a tackle, Doc, because this is intentional. It's off the ball. And people saying that, you know, it wasn't a punch doesn't sort of justify it in my eyes. I think that as well. Cat is well aware. We pointed out on the show that Rioli was cited for, you know, cleaning up Ridley yeah. um, when they had their encounter. So he's got history of sort of um, intentional things like this. So I'd be pushing for three. He's very lucky if he's to escape with two in my eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Miller. I, th- I feel like three is probably a bit more adequate given his history and Willie really does have history. And, you know, I don't understand, I don't understand the argument of, Nathan Murphy flopping to the ground. I mean, he still he still hits him in the head. That's um, not, it's not even an argument, Doc. It's just no. Port supporters being absolutely stupid with it. I, I just want to say, obviously, 
um, during the week there, or during the weekend, there was some horrible racist abuse uh, mm. directed at Willie, which obviously you don't love to see players hitting other players, but no one deserves to uh, have to deal with that. So anyone who did that, pull your bloody head in. Uh, just... But on the other side of the coin, you can't have these port supporters as well. Miller trying to go on and saying a bloke's <laughs> gone on and, and flopped after being basically punched in the face. No, um, stupidity on both sides. That's right, Kat. I was going to say, no, no party is right here. So I understand that there's frustration from both sides. And the big thing for me, boys, is I know you can't really add this into the – well, you could actually into the discussion – is that Nathan Murphy's missed quite a few games with concussion issues, particularly on his career and even this season. I mean, the hit by Caminiti. He also, I think, even last season towards the end, he got concussed as well. So – that's my thing as well, Doc, is that it's someone who is quite susceptible to this type of, um, you know, facial injuries and whatnot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he copped one of the mush as well against Adelaide, thankfully, yeah. uh, in the first encounter earlier in the year. So, yeah, you're right. He does he does have, you know, history of being whacked in the head. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough one. And, I, and I'm with you. I think he should have got three because it was just incredibly stupid. And, uh, whether or not, you know, Murphy instigated or not, I don't think it matters. Um, I think it's just so far off the ball as well. I just yeah, it, it's so far off the ball, and they always say the the the, the players that sort of retaliate are the ones that are going to get caught out anyway. So mm. it was incredibly stupid. But you know, as you said, Cat, I don't think anyone's and even more anyone's stupider than those that go to target him off the you know on on social media with the racist yeah. abuse. So, some of those messages are just downright disgusting. Um, Absolutely vile stuff. Um, uh, you know, on the uh, suspension itself, sorry, Doc, um, on the suspension itself, I've been pretty I've been pretty consistent, I think, in saying that um, non-footballing action should always be punished harder. Um, and like you said at the start, Miller, it's, it's not like it's a dangerous tackle. He's deliberately gone to strike him in the face. So hmm. you've got to absolutely crack down on a deliberate action like that. Yep, spot on count. Yeah, I was going to say the other one as well. Sam Petrovsky, uh, Sam Petrovsky, Seaton, uh, given two weeks for impersonating a football player. Um, no, no, he was, in, he was given two I'll weeks. Tell you what, Doc, he actually played all right on Saturday. I thought, well, it was one of his better games for the year. Oh, what was he? Was he not playing on Charlie Kerno? Was he? Uh, <laughs> that was poor Oscar Allen. Um, oh, look, the, the the dangerous tackle on Alex Chincotter. I think he, he got up and he played out the rest of the game, but that was a very, very dangerous action that could have had. Even worse consequences. Mm. Um, what do you boys make of it? Two weeks fair? Yeah, I, I think so. I think as well, it's worse than the Burn Jones one that mm. you know got the three. And it's actually also interesting because Patrisky Seaton cat he did this earlier in the year against Carlton and on Chincotta. So he's been suspended twice for tackling the same player dangerously. <laughs> so he must hate it. <laughs> yeah, man. Like <laughs> What's he been chirping in his ear during oh, during games? Oh, uh, you're a bust. He's not wrong. Um, but no, uh, yeah, I, look, I, I think, I think, I think two two weeks, Yeah, I'm with you, Miller. Two weeks uh, sounds about right to me. It was pretty dangerous. Lucky he wasn't a bit further over mm. because that part of the turf at Marvel along the boundary is quite hard. Yep. Um, and he could have really bloody done some damage if he was even a metre over further on the boundary line. So thankfully, Chincotta was all right. But yeah, that's that I think is a good example, Doc, of an actually dangerous sling tackle where... That's the head has gone straight into the ground, and that is from Petrovsky Seaton's action. There's nothing accidental about that. He is just fully swung his head into the turf. Yeah, and and the thing is though, yeah, he he's tackling him as the as the ball's going over the line. So all he's got to do is just hold him, yep. and 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 cause the stoppage. So you know, I don't understand why he's going to you know why he's 
gone and followed on with the action and just slung to the slung to the ground. That's just dumb footy. Yeah, just pretty just on that drive for mine. Cat quickly, I agree with that one hundred percent. Is that that is what constitutes a dangerous shackle? Because you have not seen one person, media or general public or coach, have any issue with the two weeks for that type of motion. And if the AFL to set a example of what constitutes a dangerous tackle, show that as footage. Yeah. Um, the players are aware there's no arguments with that tackle. So that I think is everyone can agree is, is, is what is a dangerous tackle. So that's something as a bit of a barometer, I suppose, to go off. Yeah, I agree. I think that's um, pretty pretty spot on, Miller. So, yeah, they've got to get it right from here because that was a pretty clear um, example. Let's talk on-field, boys. There's uh, a few interesting results, as we said, this weekend. And one that uh, I think sort of defies where this team's at at the moment. No, you know what? Actually, the, the way this game played out is exactly where this team is at the moment. Uh, we're talking about St Kilda here, gentlemen. Oh. Another uh, bloody average win, Doc, this week against North Melbourne. It's been a pretty average two months or so for St Kilda at this point. It just seems like they just keep dragging on. They're like the... Um, like the you know the horse with the limp leg that you see, it's still walking. It's still somehow alive. You just want to put it out of its misery. That's kind of St Kilda at the moment. Yeah, you kind of want Cuddly Ross to head to the glue factory uh, in, <laughs> in 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 a way that you'd probably don't. We probably can't put on here. But no, it's um, it, they're a bit of an odd case at the moment, mm. St Kilda, because they've started so well, they've defied all expectations, and and now here we are. I think it's starting to catch up to them a bit, Miller. We, I think. We we know how good the younger the younger brigade of players are, your Mitchie Owen types and and Windhag brilliant on on, on Sunday night, um, but I, I think it sort of shows where they're at. You know, they obviously had the injury hit start. They sort of had to run through you know blokes like, that probably wouldn't have got a game otherwise, like your Caminides and your Sane mm. Cordies and and whatnot. But yeah, look. <laughs> They're they're in they're in a bit of a spot, aren't they? They're still in the eight by some miracle, but I don't see them going. I'll I see them missing out completely by the end of the year. Yeah. I, I think I'm the, inclined to agree with that. The big thing is, cat their struggles this month in July. I mean, to get over the Eagles by just eight points, then was beaten by Melbourne by twenty one, then the following week beaten by the Suns by twenty six, and only scraped in by eight points yesterday. I, I think there's real concerns. Particularly forward of the ball, I think they just an unrecognisable sort of target without Max King down there at the moment. Well, yeah, not having King now, especially, is really sort of exposed. I think just how few options they kind of have. Um, they only they have really been quite poor in front of goal the past three weeks: fifty-eight, fifty-one, sixty-nine. Only one of those is even somehow a winning score. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't been good for St Kilda. I think the only thing you can probably credit them for the backline's still been holding up fairly well they haven't given up big scores but really to unconvincingly beat the two bottom yeah. teams on the ladder this is the worst we've seen anyone play against those two teams in probably half the season yeah um, spot on you need I to think... be putting those games away if you're any kind of you know serious threat for finals 100 cows just about to say if they're to be a team to make any sort of noise you should be pumping both those teams respectively by 35 40 points but I just think they're in the same position as last year, Doc, where they've got this same group of players who are all very much um, almost mimicking each other, doing the exact same thing. I feel like they're lacking a bit of explosiveness from stoppage. I don't know why Ross is so reluctant to even throw Dan Butler on the ball for five minutes, Higgins on the ball for five minutes, even Gresham get him some more midfield time because 
the guys in there at the moment are all one motor, one motion sort of guys where you got Crouch, Steele, Ross, all things that we were saying three you know, three years ago is that they don't have enough dynamic dynamic players, as David King would say, going through those <laughs> that midfield bracket, I think. Yeah, uh, t- yeah, it's an interesting spot. I mean, I look, I look at the, I look at the players that played yesterday, and they ha- they only had six players that were twenty one or younger. I mean, the guys that are coming through, I think the Poe, he's had a, he's had a pretty admirable season, but I think he still is a, some way away from really making a consistent impact at the top level. Um, I think I think Wangadine Malera's had a, a terrific year. I think he's I'd say almost improved out of sight yeah. with, with with his outside ball use and, and whatnot. And I look at guys here, is Cooper Sharman going to be in this next, you know, finals tilt? Is Jack Bytel going to be in the next finals tilt? Hmm. But, like, there, there's still guys here that I think are battling. You know, Ooh. Jimmy Webster was good in the, in the Alan Richardson days. I don't know whether or not he's, uh, his, future is, his future is in playing under Ross Lyon. Yeah, that, that's um, a good point. I, I agree think Ross has been pretty pretty solid. Um, I don't know if he's had an amazing season, but you're right. You, you probably can't be holding on to the guys that have been, you know, good enough, but they're not probably servicing the the side the way they should be. And I don't know. I think as well, Miller. One of the things that I know a few people have been um, critical of with Ross um, at the start of the year, he only had about 28 players to choose from because they had so many injuries, but now that the injury list is looking a lot more manageable, I don't think he's been harsh enough in selection yeah. when they have been poor. It's been the same few fringe players that get dropped. I know there's been Saints supporters calling for Gresham to be dropped basically for the whole past month, and he hasn't even um, looked close to leaving the team. And some of those guys just don't perform and, and get games week after week. And then you still see those fringe guys like, yeah, Burns and Vitell and... Why did Jack Paris get dropped last week after playing yeah. a pretty decent strong debut? debut. I thought, yeah. Um, I I just don't understand. There's not there's no sort of statements being made with this team at the moment. No, I, I think Ross is in a spot cat where he's got the players that he knows that he's going to get rid of beyond next year and whatnot. And I think that he Tom Highmore's the name. I mean, Kat, you've talked about. <laughs> you know, constantly over the last one. I said, for good reason. He's been outstanding in the VFL. I don't know, because Ross keeps saying, oh, you know, I'm trying out players and giving everyone a chance. Uh, Tom Highmore hasn't had a sniff of cheese on getting on the AFL field. He just hasn't had a go at all. So I can't believe Dougal Howard's played every single game over him this year. He's even There's... subbed off at one point. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Multiple games where he should have been dropped. The past two weeks especially, Dougal's been absolutely an absolute non-threat in the back line. I have to wonder as well, Doc, I wanted to ask you, where you see you know, Hunter Clark and particularly Jade Gresham and possibly Billings beyond next year. I know there's a lot of rumours around Carlton for Gresham, but I feel like Hunter Clark, the opportunity last year to move on to it was North Melbourne was a heavy link. Just I don't know, he started the season well and has gone back to his old ways, I think. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. And I think it's probably... I think they, they they should have got something back for him last year. Uh, I think it's just it just hasn't worked, and you see it this year. I think I think he's sort of grown a bit a bit tired and, and a bit sort of I think maybe checked out. In you know don't want to be don't want to be that harsh, but it just feels like when you're watching mm. plays, just nothing that's really inspiring with how he plays. And another guy that I sort of want your opinion of here is Zach Jones. Now, obviously, he's had some some issues along the way. I think he had mental health. Issues. Yep. Uh, I think it was last year. 
Uh, also battled injury as well this year and has come back in only a few weeks ago. I just, I just don't know where he's at with his footy. I mean, he, defensively he was good, but he only picked up the 17 disposals. The 21 pressure acts is, is a decent return defensively for mine, but the six score involvements as well. But is he, is he another one who's a part of this best, this next future St Kilda dynasty that Ross Lyon's trying to build on? Yeah, it's a great question. Ross is, I mean, sorry, Jones is a weird one, Cat, because mm. obviously he started his year, his years as a halfback. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing him move to that position, given that you know Sinclair is now running through the middle a bit more. I think Zach Jones is quite a good one on one player for his size. Um, you know, marks the ball quite well for his height as well, and tackles obviously great. So it's a yeah, he's twenty eight. He's sort of another guy like Ross, just in that sort of mediocre mould where they're good enough to be AFL listed, but how far are they going to get with these guys is a great question. I'm willing to cut Jones a little bit of slack. He's been out of the team basically all year. Mm. He's only played – this is only his third game for the season on the weekend. So I think he's still got fitness to build and form to find. I I wouldn't be writing him off too soon. I thought last year and the past couple of years, he's been pretty strong when he's been fit. Um, So I I don't know. I think he's still got a place in this team. Um, But – yeah, they've got to really look at this midfield group at the moment, uh, I think, is what we've sort of noticed. And like I said, Ross needs to do something about these guys. I'm glad to see Wintager getting games and, and doing well, although I don't think he's been playing as much time actually in the guts as he could be when that, I think, Doc, is, is something he's got the potential to do. We know he's been a great tagger. He's clearly good in and under. Um, so give him a shot to just to get in there and, and do a bit of it. Yeah, I think as well, you know, these guys are just, I don't think that it's just almost as if it's the same problems as last year. I mean, we know you get, we get A grade, you know, A grade service from guys like Wilkie, Jack Sinclair, Jack Steele starting to come into his own again after an injury interrupted season or start of the season anyway. Uh, but who's coming along for the ride? Yeah. We're seeing Mason Wood in, in career best, Nick. He's battled some injuries over the over the course of the season, but he's been fantastic. Marshall's been very, very good. You know, wh- where's everybody else? We know okay. Mitch Owens is going to be a star. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, there's just the little role players that the good sides do, the Collingwood supports. Yep. The Saints just don't have that for mine. I, I think, yeah. uh, as I said before, I think they need to restructure forward of the ball, boys. I think... I think Highmore needs to come in to support Dan in defence. I think that I wouldn't mind seeing Josh Battle move back to the forward line given they don't have any recognisable targets. He's got a great set of hands, someone to support young Caminiti and Sharman, who I think Sharman's building. He's going to take some time with... Three goals against the Suns. I thought he had a good game then. Yeah, look, I I think him and Caminiti are building nicely. So I wouldn't mind seeing a bit of a restructuring to get Highmore in. And then, you know, I don't know where Tim Membry's at. Um, but I think he's Josh... probably he's probably another month away uh, memory. Yeah, so yeah, okay. he, he, he's just not had a good he's just not had a good year memory. He just has not he's just struggled to get himself fit and on the park. Yeah, Some, something as well. If they don't throw battle, battle forward, Doc is that Jack Hayes played on the weekend, which was good. So he he could be close to getting an opportunity. He was fantastic, obviously, early last year, and um, they could definitely. Use, I think it'd be nice to see Marshall get a bit of rest time forward. Um, God knows he needs it. <laughs> deserves it, Cat. Jesus Christ. But they just need a couple more recognisable marking targets. So I wouldn't mm. mind seeing Battle go down there. 
Um, I don't want to see Howard go down there. So um, I think probably <laughs> sounds like we don't want to see Howard at all. No, <laughs> banish him, banish him to the <laughs> If you are to sort of pick a, a defender to go forward, I wouldn't mind that. So I think they just need to shake it up a bit because what they're doing right now is very stagnant, very flat, and very stale. Mm. Cat, there's nothing, nothing you look at is going to say, oh, this is going to you know fix it up in a couple of weeks, or this is going to take them to another level. It's yeah. just um. Same expired cereal with Mickey Mouse and Russell Lyon. <laughs> Sinclair's basically the only guy actually taking the game on it at times, it feels like. So mm. they've got to do something in the midfield, in the, the back line, in the forward line. Something's just got to give because yeah. I worry that looking at their remaining fixture, they could lose all of their last five games. So who have they got, Cat? Who have they got coming up? they got the Hawks this week who beat them last time they played. Need to um, I, 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 surely they've got to beat Hawthorne at the moment. So we've seen them play the past month, Doc. I don't think they do at the moment. Almost beat us. The Hawks showed a bloody good bit of heart on the weekend. I think they, if they play like that again, I think they beat the Saints. they got Carlton, who are very much in form right now and probably believe they can do anything. Uh, the Tigers don't like travelling to Marvel. We know this. They can't go five minutes down the road, but I still back uh, them to beat the Saints. Look, look, they're going to they're gonna be um, they're gonna be something to watch uh Richmond because they play the Saints at Marvel and they also play the Dogs in, in at Marvel in a couple of weeks. So oh. <laughs> maybe maybe Mini Ball has a different perspective on on Mini Marvel Ball at Stadium. Marvel. Mini Ball at Marvel. Geelong, then Brisbane at the Gabba. I could very well see them going zero and five from those games. It's it's mm. very possible, Kat. It's a tough run. I mean, it all comes back to this week, Doc. They, they need the four points if there are any chance of staying in the eight. I think. Yeah, well, um, oh, geez, it's not 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 looking good, isn't it? Oh, look, it's a it's a must win game, and I'm and I'm hoping uh, Mickey Mouse Ross uh, does something to inspire them, put on a bit of uh, put on a bit of Donald Duck or a bit of bit of Disney Plus action, and uh, oh, fingers crossed for Bradley Hill. Oh! <laughs> That's pretty much uh, right. I don't think it's going to help, unfortunately, not uh, this week. I think yeah, they're just very stagnant. They just got to find something. They just need something, a bit of injection of something. Um, the, Literally you know, anything would be good, rather than dropping the same two players every yeah, week. Yeah, that's my issue that I've had with Ross for a long time. Can is that it's not the way to run a team. It's not the way to give confidence to players. It's not the way to give the confidence to young players, and it's not the way to give opportunities. Um, it's yeah. just lucky dip. And if you happen to be standing there, you might get a game if you're lucky Tom Highmore, you know, fucking chance at all. So, um, <laughs> Tom Highmore, you, your, ball, your ball's been taken out of the, the little bingo pen a long time ago for Tommy Highmore. No chance. No chance oh, at all. Who's gone? Oh, but, poor yeah, lad. The Saints are in a spot, but important couple of weeks coming up for sure, as you just said, Kat. Yeah, and they're going to lose them all. Uh, let's talk a bit about the Crom, gentlemen. Another heartbreaking <laughs> loss for them on Sunday. Oh, I could not believe. I thought they they were coming well and truly um, in that last quarter. I thought Tex was on, Rankin was on, and then he's pinged his hammy off the bone. They kicked seven goals in the last quarter. It still wasn't enough to get them the win. Um, and unfortunately, Doc, I, I worry that that might be the Crows' chances at finals done. They're a game and a half out of the eight um, with probably a few games that you'd expect them to, to really battle in and probably lose coming up. They've got the showdown this week. They've got Brisbane at the Gabba in a couple of weeks. I just worry that it might be too late for the Crows at this point. And honestly, given how they've played in their close games, uh, they've almost cost themselves just a chance at finals at the moment. Yeah, thirteenth well, on the ladder now uh, after after eighteen games. It's not great, is it? And I th- I think they've only got they've got no one to blame but themselves. And mm. 
it's been a I think it's been a bit of an bit of an underlying issue for the Crows this year is their inability to kick straight, you know, win the games in the balance, you know, six goals thirteen at three quarter time. And yeah, they kicked seven goals, it was admirable to come back and, and nearly pinch it from Melbourne, but that just doesn't get it done uh in, in any in any brand of football. And it's been an ongoing theme. We know they started the year against GWS, they should have they should have beaten them and Kick themselves out of it through through very shoddy kicking. They kicked twelve goals, eighteen. Uh, following week against Richmond, ten goals, sixteen. Uh, seven goals, sixteen against Collingwood when when they lost by a point earlier in the year. It's it, it's a bad it's a bad issue, and it's all yes, stemmed from round one as well. Doc. Exactly, exactly. And and look, they have been better. I think they've kicked more goals and points uh, across the last couple of months, but oh, well, they that's, they. That's good. <laughs> yeah, well, well, with the exception of this one, but I oh, just these are the games that you need to nail, Miller. And mm. I thought for and I thought for three quarters, they did they did a lot right. They went nineteen scoring shots to eighteen by three quarter time, and in the end, it was twenty eight scoring shots to twenty seven. Yeah, they should they should have they should have. It would have been a much different result at halftime. Three goals nine, you flip that around, or at least even give them you know a couple of goals, yeah. a couple of, turn a couple of those points into goals, and with two or three goals clear. Yeah, the the crows end up winning this game, and right. and and look, we we can take this as a glass half full approach or a glass half empty approach, but it's a yeah. Look, a lot a lot of people. I certainly expect that the crows to make the jump to the finals. I don't think it will happen now, um, but you know, there's still a lot. There's still a lot to take out of this year, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's a big plus this season. I know there's been a lot of harsh results that haven't gone their way, Kat, but I feel like Matty Nix and the young group would have learned a lot because, you know, 12 months ago they didn't have these opportunities where they were in games yeah. against really good sides and um, they would have lot, learnt lots from different sort of scenarios where they're in a position to win, maybe have let us slip, and then positions where, all right, we haven't kicked, as Doc mentioned really well, is that we haven't kicked you know, goals that we should have. So let's try and go the other way. And so they would have learnt a lot, I think, on both ends. And the biggest thing, I, I know that missing the eight hurts, but I think that it will put them in a great position for next season in terms of the young guys learning what it's going to take if they are to crack into this very competitive top eight. Yeah, there's been some reactions from Crows supporters who aren't happy with some parts of how this year's gone. And I can understand it to an extent, but... I really don't think anyone should be losing hope with the Crows yet. Um, you know, they, they could have made finals this year, it's true. But we've seen how hard this middle pack of teams has been to to really keep a lead on. We've, the, the top eight's shifted, or the bottom end of the top eight's shifted so much um, in the past couple of weeks. So I, I, I don't know if they should see it as a failure. I've seen people say even if Nick brings them to finals last year, if they don't win one at least, he, he should... Get sacked. I, I don't think that's right at all. No. I think Nixie's got the players believing that they can win these close games, but it's still such a young group, Doc. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for them to be dropping them because that's what happens with young teams. They'll, they'll turn it around next season. I think we'd see the majority of these results going the other way come 2024. Yeah, well, it's the thing I don't get, Kat. Uh, I, I think a lot of people have been very, very harsh to jump on Nixie and say he should go already when. The results every uh, year by year have been a steady improvement, and yeah. even then, this year's been a steady improvement, regardless on whether or not they make mm. finals or not. And you're right; they've got a they've got a a good core of, of young fellas in this list. You know, there's about half a dozen that played. You know, there'd be close to a dozen 
mm. players who are 23 or younger mm. that played yesterday. You know, we're, we're big on guys like Jordan Butts and Foggs had a bit of an up and down season, started strong, but I think he's gone a bit gone a bit uh, bit off in in recent weeks. But you know, there's there's still promise. I mean, Luke Peddler's playing more games consistently. We've seen Riley Thilthorpe, you know, have have a major influence in games, and Chase Jones Miller, you know, you yeah. you wanted you wanted him, you know, out on the street last uh, this time yeah. last year, and now you've uh, and now you've and now here we are, we're seeing his praises across the halfback sort of wing area. Absolutely, and I think I remember I said to you, Doc, quite a few times when we we're talking about Chase Jones, me and you, is that he just wasn't a forward. I think he was a talented player, just couldn't get the touches in the right spot to benefit not only himself but the Crows. So I think he's been a great find, and I think as you both said, there's plenty of positives to take out. I mean, beating Port in the showdown, showdown earlier this year by 31 points was a big tick. You know, to get within a point of Collingwood. In um, twice, you know, twice, and then yeah. you know, so then to lose by two um, at the G's, pretty admirable. I think that you know, it's again only four points on the weekend against a top four side, so plenty of ticks, uh, plenty of ticks. Mm. They've got a good scalp over Brisbane as well, Cat. So I, I think yeah. that I think as you both said, they've got a great young core. I think Rankin has been an outstanding addition. Peddler's finally got his opportunity, which has been great. Rochelle's had an interesting season, I think, up and down. Start of the season, you know, as hot as a flaming hot Cheeto, but has cooled down a bit. Um, and I think that, again, another reason he's just building. I think he's learning. Um, Saligo started the season really well as well, just just tailing off a bit. But, again, these guys, only the second or third year, some of them, you know, so they've, they've got a lot of footy ahead of them. Luke Nankervis, cat showed a bit of something yesterday. Yeah. I like the look of him. Yeah, I didn't mind um, young Nankervis. <laughs> I heard before the game that there was a possibility that Riley O'Brien might have been a laid out, didn't end up eventuating, but a couple of my mates were joking that um, <laughs> Nixie was going to tell him to jump in the ruck. As well, you know, it's Nank, isn't it? Get in the ruck, mate. Get in the ruck, mate. You're right. Uh, but he was, was good. He showed a little bit, and it's good for the Crows. They've unearthed a bunch of these young kids that really look, look like they could add a bit of something um, throughout the game. And he was all right when he, yeah, moved into the back half a bit and did a bit behind the ball. But, um, yeah, I, I don't mind him. I think he, he might stick around in the coming weeks. But I think as part of it as well, we can't ignore is that the injuries in key areas have really started to add up now. Dude, obviously, um, out for the whole season with the ACL. Now, Nick Murray, unfortunately, has gone down with the ACL as well. So they're really down their two first-choice key defenders in the back line. Um, add to that, Isaac Rankin basically tearing his hammy off the bone this week too. Mm. Um, so th- those things can't be understated, how important those sort of guys are structurally to this team. Um, Laird missed this week too. So to do all that without those guys in there, I think was was a pretty big statement from the Crows that they're not just a one-dimensional team. They're not just yeah. these top few players. Um, they are a team that's got depth and these young guys can keep lifting this team up. I was about to say to you, Doc, I reckon the Crows got to rank top five for depth in the comp and, and will continue to grow over the coming years. I think they've got a really good sort of stocks in most departments. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good shout. Um, you know, I think they've got, as we saw with uh, with young Luke Nankervis uh, on, on the weekend, you know, he's, he's going to be a nice little player. You know, he actually, actually came from down my way, Bentley boy. So they are. They, I wonder they, he's they, so good. They do they do breed him well over there at the uh, at the D, at the young D's. Um, but no, look, I think that as as we've touched on, there's guys here that are starting to really come through. I mean, Butsy was doing Butsy's been pretty good. You know, Nick Murray's been a find 
last couple of years. Joshy Worrell's a guy that I that I that I really yeah, really like. Yeah. Um, and there was and there was that other oh, was that a, uh, Gallant. Gallant's been yeah. uh, someone who's mm. really who has been continually pushing in in the sandful as well. So yeah, I think that's not a bad shout actually. Top five. I mean, you know, who's going to beat the Suns and the Lions at the moment? They're um they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, uh, true. Casey, Casey's been okay, I suppose. They're still, they're still thereabouts. Um, but yeah, no. Hollywood's death stacked as well. They have got plenty of players. Oh, oh yeah, Jackie Devon <laughs> can't even get a bloody run. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask before we move on, boys. But I'll start with you, Cat. We we've actually talked a lot about a guy who actually has only played his first senior game yesterday, Matt Crash. Mm. I mean, we've talked about him quite a bit in, in bonus episodes, subscriber episodes, and whatnot, and all that stuff, and. Played yesterday, got an opportunity, 22 disposals, had seven, um, nine tackles, seven clearances as well. His efficiency was up there as well from memory. He yeah, 91% disposals. 90% with 10 score involvements. I know it's one game, Cat, but this is the first time I've seen Matt Crouch have a really good genuine impact. He looks like he's learnt a lot, and I think that he has realised that Maybe that that look, Laird might come straight back in and he might not play again for the rest of the year. But I think he's shown a bunch of AFL teams that'll be looking for a season inside mid that he's still mm. got it in the tank. Yeah, I think he showed a bit more of what we thought the kind of midfielder he was gonna be like back in the, the grand final year mm. when he was young and up and coming and was getting touches for fun and we thought, yeah, this guy's gonna gonna be alright, but never quite lived up to that. I think he's if you need a guy that you know what he's going to do when you put him on the ball, he's going to get the ball, he's going to give it off to someone because um, we know he's not a phenomenal ball user. That 91% disposal efficiency, but definitely padded a little bit by 15 handballs. Um, yeah, I, but, I was gonna, I was going to say, Katie, he only had seven kicks, <laughs> but yeah, in, fan, so. in, in fairness to him, only you know five of them hit the target. So, But, you know, getting involved with all those score involvement shows that he is managing to find guys in the forward line, which is something that he hasn't necessarily been able to do no. for a lot of the past probably three or four years when he's played for the Crows. So, look, I think he's still got something there, Doc. And for sure, a game like this does raise his um, value for a little bit, but he'd want to be doing it for the remainder of the year if he manages to stay in the team. Yeah, he's an interesting case. I mean, as I said before, he only had seven kicks from his 22 touches. But the thing that I was a little bit concerned about was that he only had eight contested possessions, which, look, mm. on, on face value, you know, Five other players had more, um, which isn't doesn't sound too bad. And he had seven ground ball gets, which you know only one player had more uh, at the Crows. So whether or not it's a is an indication that he's not adapting to Matty Nix's style, or whether or not he because his, his pressure acts were good. I mean, he he had, he had nine tackles and he had um uh, and what was it? He had like nearly thirty pressure acts, twenty seven all all up. So. Yep. Defensively, defensively, he's sound. I think he's a good. I think he's still a very hard at it player. But I just think it's probably more about the system than the player. Hmm, probably. I just hope that he gets an opportunity. I've been quite a rider for Matt Crash, particularly over the last two years. I just think that he's too good to be sitting in the sandful, and I hope he gets another run somewhere. Where yeah. I probably won't be at the Crows, but hopefully elsewhere. Yeah. Definitely won't get the crows, I think. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on, boys, because we've got a couple of segments we've got to rattle off, which I cannot wait for. Just before we do that, we mentioned Nick Murray ACL, but unfortunately, 
Miller Young, Marcus, not Marcus Ashcroft, that's his bloody dad. <laughs> Ashcroft Marcus over at the Lions. Yeah. Uh, Ashcroft, Will Ashcroft over at the Lions has unfortunately done his ACL. It's absolutely heartbreaking for the kid. Um, it looked pretty innocuous, we thought, when he went down, but a few people sort of picked it up that the the way it happened was, was always indicative of the ACL injury. So the poor kid's going to be basically out um, until the very end of next season too. It's horrible for his development. Um, and I really do hope that the rehab goes well for him because it's, it's an arduous process, especially at such a young age for him. Yeah, yeah, it's a big blow for him and and also the the Lions. I mean, he's been playing quite well, been a strong um, influence in their midfield, and it's just his first year, Doc. So it'll be missed. But it'll be interesting seeing who they bring in for him. I mean, um, the man with the gun, Reese Matheson, uh, has been talked about a fair <laughs> bit, and also Jared Lyons. So probably one of them will uh, get an opportunity. But we well, would. It would have to be Jared Lyons because he was he was only in the team. I think it was last week. Um, yeah, and and he, he got he got pushed out. Um, so it'll be him. I don't think Matheson has any right to be in an AFL team, well, especially not Brisbane. <laughs> but we he's do got wish, a AFL uh, flag to win at the moment. Uh, yeah, sure. He's got his eyes on that. He won't be interested in the grand final in the AFL. But we we wish Will all the best in his recovery, mm. and um, yeah. hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Just some news out of Carlton quickly, boys. Uh, Sam Walsh, as we know, hammy on the weekend. Two to three weeks looking likely for him. Um, and they haven't put a timeline on Jack Silvani yet. What um, did he do, Cap? Joint sprain to his knee. So there's down <laughs> a couple more players, Carlson. Chero was out this week. Cripps is out this week as well. I don't know who's coming in possibly for this week against the Pies. Carlton mm, can't scream for Paddy now. He's already in. Um, <laughs> he is. He is already in. Yeah, look, there are a couple of mids there. And obviously, Kennedy's out too. Uh, might be. We'll have to chuck some other bodies in there. Well, Fogarty was getting a bit of a run. Snapper in. Um, in there on the weekend. Oh, yeah, get Snapper in there too. For the so, emblem. The emblem. They've got oh, options. David uh, Cunningham as well, Cat ran, <laughs> ran through there as well at some point. I, I think they'll do a bit of a rejig. Um, move some I, forwards I think, I think if there, there are any chance of beating Collingwood, it's not happening anymore. No. <laughs> no, just to make sure they don't dish up what they dished up last year, uh, last time. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, all right, let's move on to one of our favourite segments, Who's the Man, boys? Some great yes. performances out of this week's matches. Uh, we talked a little bit about him before, but I'll throw it over to you, Doc, first. Who have you got this week? Well, we're going to go over to uh, the mini ball uh, saga. It continues to roll on at the MCG and a, a massive win by the Tigers against oh. the Hawks. So about five, six goals down late in the third quarter and they somehow <sighs> managed to to steal it from their nostrils. I think Sam Mitchell told them to take a Toby Bedford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take a Toby Bedford, go to sleep. But uh, one, of the men, one of the men who pioneered this was Tim Taranto, boys. Now, the stats... They're a bit interesting to read out. 23 disposals. He had 14 kicks, but only five of which were effective. So not very – and 13 clangers. But I thought for what it's worth, he he helped – a couple of his goals got 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 them back into the contest. He, had, he kicked three of them all up. Also, invo- also involved in eight different score, – eight scores and one goal assist. So it, it was fantastic as well. But 25 pressure acts, eight tackles and – a couple of clearances to go along with that as well, and and eleven contested and ten ground ball gets, both Jeez. both of which were equal lead, uh, both of which were leading Richmond's uh, in leading Richmond in those statistics. So 
Yeah, very good. A very good effort from Tim Taranto. And look, yeah, we can look at his kicking efficiency and kicking efficiency and say this is another one that Kane Corns may have got right. But he kicked three goals, and they, they were they were big goals too. Miller, you you were you were there on the you were there on the weekend. Yeah, they were very good goals and very important. And I suppose him and Hopper Docker are a big reason why Dusty's been so free this year and played so well. So I think Taranto's done that standing job, being a real leader in the midfield and a, and a bull. Yeah, I think we're starting to see Dusty and Shea Bolton sort of settle in a, a lot more because they've been very impactful since McWalter's taken over. Mm. Um, probably a big, you know, this is, that's a mini ball at, at its finest there. I think Miller um, <laughs> just, just just let the just let the boys go go nuts. Let the boys play. Let them play. Let yeah. the boys play. That's it, uh, Miller. Who have you gone this week, mate? Well, I'm going to probably game of the season, Kat. An outstanding contest it was on Saturday night. Poor taking on Collingwood at the Adelaide Oval. And the man, I mean, you've got your braking, you're accelerating your car, but I hope you've got a Jamie Elliott, Mr. Clutch. He was absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Um, kicked three goals, the, the pretty much the sealer from the pocket. Cat was having flashbacks to Essendon vibes. Wasn't great, but he was outstanding. Three goals, 12 touches, four marks as well for Elliott. As I said, that crucial goal at the end. But... Eight score involvements led everyone on the ground and it was summed up perfectly, Cat, when Elliot ran into the open goal and Taylor Adams in his 200th was running behind him and he said, hey, little mate, take one of these for you. So it was a beautiful <laughs> scene and um, it was great. And it just sort of, you know, Taylor Adams spoke about it continuously post-game on, on Fox Footy, just the family environment and the selflessness of everyone. But Jamie Elliott has been just that. I mean, he's a guy who could easily kick, you know, 50 goals a year. I think if he's mm. given the opportunity, he's kicked 18 goals in the last five weeks. So His form has been unbelievable, Jamie Elliott. I think hey, if I'll... they weren't picking half, mids as half forward, um, then, you know, Petrarca's played the last two weeks as a forward, so the AA will love that because uh, they can put him <laughs> in there. But if they were picking genuine small forwards, I think that Elliott would be on the sheet in terms of his importance to a team. But I think he's one of the most underrated players in the comp still. Yeah, I, I I think you know he was always going to he, he was always kicking that from from the boundary. <laughs> you just knew like sh- shades of the Essendon game last year, cat. Oh, where uh, shades, mate. <laughs> the only thing it was missing was the siren. It's a replay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he did it twice he was, in the last. He was quarter about as well. he was about a minute away from the siren. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the fact he did it twice in the last quarter too, boys, from the basically the exact mm. same spot. It was just ridiculous. Like he, he loves the pressure in the last quarter. He's a fantastic player, but he's my man of the week. Cat, who have you got? Who have you got to round us out? Uh, Well, look, I couldn't ignore this man or the blue supporters would be after my head if we didn't have him in who's the man this week. Uh, Last time he went over to WA to play the Eagles, he could only manage the nine, unfortunately. But this week at Marvel, under the roof, big Charlie Kerno got it done with the (sighs) 10. We've been waiting all year for the 10-bagger boys from Charlie, and he's finally done it. Um, he was massive. What else can you say? I mean, that's put Oscar Allen on him, which was obviously not ideal. Um, but poor Oscar's going to want to leave now after that. He's uh, kicked 50 uh, goals, Cat. What's he doing down the wrong end? I, I, I love that Adam Simpson's fail safe against players, against against forwards that kick a bag is just stick Oscar Allen on him. Yeah, really he did, did it with Tex, now he's done it with Charlie. So poor Oscar's oh, going to be crying what? himself to sleep for the rest of the year. Why? What, I want to know Why? <laughs> I don't know, Doc. Um, but he also took, in addition to those massive 10 goals, he had 20 disposals, took eight marks, had a ridiculous 15 score involvements too. Um, seven wow. of those marks being inside 50 and five of them were contested. So it was, you know, a day that I don't think Charlie or any of the Carlton supporters that were there will ever forget. 
Um, and he's well and truly got the Coleman sewn up because he's now seven goals ahead. Well, you never know, actually. Seven goals ahead of Taylor Walker. He might actually still have a race on his hands. But uh, Well, Adelaide do play West Coast uh, later in the year, so well, hello. Keep, keep, keep your eye on that Tends one. to be rubbing his hands together looking at that game. <laughs> he can kick the most goals on the shit pushes at the bottom. Uh... <laughs> he might be up to 12 this time, I think. Oh, he might have to raise uh, him. If yeah. McGovern and Barras are still injured, uh, Hello. <laughs> Six, 61 goals 40 is on tra- he's well on track to beat the 64 kick last mm. year what what do you reckon does he get to 75 I think he gets to 70 surely I reckon he yeah, ends up on 70 he's got, he's got five games left I are so. 75 cat <laughs> not 70 I say 72 he finishes on 72 let me see who that got who that got <laughs> oh no nah. given that they got Melbourne and Collingwood coming up two good back lines I, I say he gets 71 Oh, all he needs is a bit, all he needs is three each, two or three each, and that's six. <laughs> four, oh. at wor- four at worst, six at best. No to seventy-five, I say, Doc. No to seventy-five. I say no deal. No deal. No deal. No deal. Oh, I think, well, if Carlton play finals, I say yes. Let's move on to rapid round, gentlemen. Another one of our favourite segments. So oh. we had a little bit of a late change here uh, because uh, we lost track of who was going who, but. I believe it is Doc asking questions to Mr. Miller here this week. Am I correct? Yes, yeah. last week it was you to me, Cat, and this week it is going to be me to Miller. Miller um, on Al- the seat. Al- Alice Miller trying to do the run sheet. He's trying to bypass me get, uh, <laughs> asking the questions. I was trying to get out of it myself. I was too scared to answer them. <laughs> um, well, don't, don't worry, Miller. These ones are uh, very, very easy questions, so you yeah. should be you should be uh, more, than, more than adequate with... Uh, with the answers within the uh, thirty-second time frame, yes. Um, so we'll get we'll get started with uh, question one, um, Miller. Um, it's about well, obviously, well, it's about the Rising Star. We talked about uh, Will Ashcroft now out with the ACL. Uh, who becomes the favourite for the Rising Star, and why? Is it Harry Sheasel or is it Mitch Owens? Ooh. Ready, set. I think uh, the bookies will go after the Shees man because he's absolutely fantastic. He's been really good as well his last fortnight in particular. But, you know, Doc, I love Mitch Owens. I mean, he was in my um, fantasy draft. I love him. I think he's had an absolutely rip year for someone his size and age and everything. So I personally would have Owens, but I, I think that Shees will he'll have to get him because they, they love him. He gets a lot of ball. His kicking's been outstanding as well. So if Owens can get some more goals, if he kicks a bag of three or four, that's what will really save them in the end. So... I'd say probably Sheasel. Yeah. Time. Probably Sheasel. Very good. Very good. Smack bang in the 30 seconds too. That's very good. Um, yeah. What do you reckon, Cap? Sheasel? Oh, the Sheez man's been very consistent. I think it's hard to look past him. Owen's probably missed, yeah, a few too many games. Uh, I'm going to go with the Sheez man. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Um, next question. Uh this is this has made a bit of the news uh, the last last week and a bit. It's about the future of the fixture. There's been a lot of talk about you know having having all the teams play seventeen you know, each other once that's seventeen games and play another six on top of that, um, depending on where they sit and whatnot. But a lot of it, a lot of all, a lot of it's also been about the wild card uh, or the proposed wild card where team seven to ten play off in the first week and then they make up the the final eight. Uh, is it fair? Or is it stupid, Miller? 30 seconds starts now. Yes and no. I think that life isn't fair, for one. Um, and the competition will never be even anyway. The only way the competition will ever be even is if you play everyone twice, home and away, which is 36 games, so no thank you. Um, 
So I'd say, no, it's not fair. I think we've seen it be successful, though, in the NBA. We are moving to a bit more of an Americanized sort of bullshit, though, which I think the AFL is quite individual and unique, and I think it should be kept that way. It's never going to be an even comp. We can try and make it a little bit better, but footy's footy, and it's always going to be like that, and you can't have everyone playing once and whatnot. I wouldn't mind seeing a bottom four playoff just quickly for the number one pick. I know it's a bit weird <laughs> in the in this case. I know you're laughing, Kat, because we're supposed to that shit. But if in the case that the bottom two and four isn't that bad, I wouldn't mind to see a, a you know second bottom plays bottom and then third bottom plays fourth bottom for a number one pick and see who's going to be better. Fight off for your pick. Bottom four playoff. That's not a bad idea, actually. Better than these shitheads tanking. Get get a, get a bit more exposure into the young boys. I like that. Mm. Um, it's something anyway. interesting. Very good. I, I, I agree with you in terms of the Americanization. I think it's getting a bit out of hand, and uh, Andrew Dillon needs to get his hand off it. Let's get his hand off whatever whoever's in control of the uh, of the sports in America, because I think it's ridiculous. Uh, keep it to the top eight. Yeah, yes, I, if, if 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 we get to, if we get to twenty teams, I think maybe we start to consider maybe a wild card. But I think where we at, where we're at at the moment, eight teams is more than fair. I mean, yeah. when's la- when's the last time you see a team that's ninth or tenth that's threatening to win the whole damn thing? Uh, not Carlton no, last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, not Carlton. Uh, last question, Miller. Um, it's about the uh, the Fremantle Football Club, who are in a bit of a precarious position. Well, oh, it says in my notes here, having a shit in a shit situation. Um, <laughs> obviously, with J Lo, he's had what is it now? 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. Finals win last year. They're staring in the bottom of a, uh, staring at the barrel of bottom five. Is it gonna? Is he gonna be under? Should he be under pressure heading into next year? And if not, when will he be under pressure? Your thirty seconds starts now. He should be, but he won't be. Is what I'd say. I think J Lo is very liked by Peter Bell and the board over there. Um, if heat is to come, I'd say if they get to early on in the season and somehow they're playing like they're playing now. Um, they'll be in trouble by round four or five. I think the end of the year is important, though, to build on for the young guys. They've got a great young core. We talked about the Crows a little bit before. Their young group, Freya's got a younger sort of stock of group of players. You've got the Miss and Walker and Sarong and Brayshaw and all the likes of them. So they've, um, got, they've got to really wake up and give it a go at the end of the year because they've been shit besides, besides now. So they've got to wake up. Very good answer. Cat. what do you reckon? Under pressure by next year? Uh, Should he be under pressure? Yes, yes, I think he should be. You really can't go this far backwards in comparison to last year. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And also, just a quickie, because I had I was sort of contemplating using this one, but Jack Gittivan, he's not getting a game at Collingwood. Uh, should he seek a trade in the off season? Yes or no? Yes. No. I say yes. No. I think okay. there are clubs that could use a small forward um, that wouldn't mind a little Jackie Gittivan sneaking in the I... pocket every now and then. I, I say yes. I don't think he's overtaken Bobby Hill. I don't think he's overtaken no. Jamie Elliott. Definitely not. Definitely not at the moment. No, he, he doesn't. I don't. I don't think he's, and I don't think he has the tools to overtake uh, Hoskin Elliott as much as we like to bag him. Um, <laughs> no, he's a different, different, different he's a, kinds of players anyway. Yeah, he's a different player. I raise your quickie doc and say, who is sacked first, Adam Simpson or Justin Longmuir? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> the West has entered the chat. <laughs> gee whiz. Um, well, if you believe what the West says, uh, Kat, probably Adam Simpson. Um, if you believe what the West says, uh, they're both going and also the whole <laughs> bloody footy industry is melting down over there. 
I I think I think J Lo has less excuses than Adam Simpson, so I'm going to say him. Oh. I'm inclined to agree, to be honest. I can't believe no that the Eagles to be any good this year, but people thought the Dockers could make. Finals I agree. Again. I agree with both of you. A- A- Adam Simpson is a victim of the uh, the the incompetence of list management. J Lo has been building this list since he got here, and it should be much much better than bottom four. We want more, J Lo. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, let's move on to some super coach chat, oh, boys, no. because we are I'd rather not. <laughs> Doc says no, um, but we must. We're one week away from finals, gentlemen. This is the last regular round before we get stuck into it. Um, some results that have thrown a bit of more interesting spanners in here. Our own Alex Miller, you moved up to fifth, mate, after you oh. win this week. I'm on the charge, Cat. You've alerted me that I'm on some sort of streak. You are on a massive. I believe, if I'm reading the results correctly, I believe you've won eight of your last nine games that's to make this head. charge up to fifth. I don't like to toot my own horn, but that's what? off its head. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That would mean that this this time, hang on, eight of the last nine. So this time, two months ago, Alex Miller was sitting. What is that? Five and five and four. Yep. Battling for for finals in the mix, but not not anything special. And since that time, you've only lost one game. The team has woken up, Cat. They've heard the whips are cracking, and I mean, some of them have woken up. Um, well, good good effort, mate, because you've, you've you. actually given yourself a chance to get into the top four contention here. Um, I'll tell you what, beating heavy duty, you got to get in front of heavy duty somehow, Cat. He's he's a big fella, heavy. He is a big you're, fella. He's you're thanks four. You were four and four after round nine, Miller, and you're sitting eleventh. Um, wow. So not, it, it's been a tremendous effort from you. Big second half of the year. You're almost like the Giants in a respect, uh, Miller. <laughs> he is the orange, no, I, the orange team of the of the of the podcast here. At the Alex, <laughs> Alex Miller's orange tsunami. <laughs> Oh, Absolutely taken over. Well, it's interesting. There's a few things still not locked in because we've still got a three-way race here for for first place. Um, Jade, Durs, Mazzaro, um, and and who's in third here at the moment? Uh, Lucas uh, of the Birkenhead Barons can all still finish first depending on the results uh, this week. So it's very very interesting. It's coming right down to the wire. Who's taking out the the minor premiership? Um, and I just want to highlight as well the, the fall from grace of Rusty Trombone. I know we've spoken a bit about his team <laughs> this year, boys, but uh, he's currently sitting in 10th and very much in danger of missing finals if he doesn't get a win this week. And he's got Jade to finish the season. Oh, so Jesus. Uh, it might not happen. So, Jason, mate, what's, what's happened? <laughs> what has happened? What's happened, eh? Hey? Oh, who, that... who, who, who's Mark Robinson playing? Because he's sitting eighth. You're still a chance, technically, Cat. You oh, need to oh, win. I've, I've got some real mathematical chance equations here going on. Um, I need everyone above me to lose, and I also need them to lose percentage. I need Mark Robinson to lose about 1.4%. He's got heavy duty this week, so that might be possible. I've um... got Marcus, the cuck and funts, uh, and I think... I think he's given up, um, so I should be able to get some decent percentage from that game too. <laughs> yeah, you should win that. Um, and then I and need Johnny Ralph to somehow lose to Mighty Mediocrity this week. Well, uh, that's not happening. Uh, that's not happening. So that'll be my finals dreams dead. Though, that said, Doc, Mighty Mediocrity, 2-1-3-7 this week. Not atrocious. Could see yes. something happen. Yes, well, what did John Ralph score? He scored uh, two two nine zero. So that's oh, well, still he's, got, he's got Ollie Lord in his backline, who uh, is not currently playing. So 
Oh, no, I think that's donuts for me, unfortunately. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it could it could be worse. You could uh, be me and have two on eight nine and have my burner team somehow score more than my original team. <laughs> what a sad day. Well done. Oh, well done. Oh, it's an absolute it's an absolute embarrassment. My team at the moment. I've got no trades to pull it off. Jordan Ridley's now out for a month, so that's not happening. So I'm gonna. So yes, I'm I'm I've got all my stocks into the uh, the burner team at the moment. Scored two two three three three. I think it is. Uh, what did I get two. Two three three eight. I'll tell you how it happened, Cat. I put the uh, vice captaincy loophole on on Liberatore. Got one hundred twenty six. Then I somehow bought in Sicily. Got one hundred seventy one. Stewart one fifty two. Um, and and Jack Steele with one sixty. So Bloody hell. they um, all, they all they all did the job. And Sammy Banks as well. Got me a cush, getting me a nice cushy eighty two on a rookie on a rookie wage. That, that's that's good nice. too. Very nice, Banksy. Uh, shout out to Dersma's arrow for the highest score in the league of the round two five seven five. Um, could have gotten more if he didn't get greedy. He had Bont as his vice and said, no, I'm going to stick with Hollywood Dacos as my captain. Oh, uh, and only what? got the 99 from him with the captain. Uh, and he, didn't, he had the desk man only getting the 16 emergency score from Cooper Harvey. So could have managed to finagle a little bit more even if things went his way. So uh, watch oh, out for Dennis Arrow in finals because he, he might be powering home here. No, if he if he does those stupid little things like put Dacos in as captain, who we all know was going to get tagged we, we on Willem Drew, tagged. we knew. Um, you know he would have been good, but you know don't get greedy, mate. That's what happens. Final round of the regular season, Miller. I think you said you've got one trade left here. Are you going to pull it this week? <laughs> Speaking of getting greedy, cat, I'm thinking about it. I mean, Ollie Wines produced 47 on the weekend. I Yuck. do have enough money to bring in Jack Steele, who I am thinking get him about. In. Get him in. Leaves me with no trades and injuries galore and worries. So I'd be worried about that. I'm probably going to hold, um, which means the team stays at this. Also, shout out to everyone that has Errol Gould and enjoy the 66, thanks to me, because I finally traded him in after 20 rounds. Now you got his shit score. Oh, 19 uh, rounds, so enjoy that shit. Um, yeah, there were some boffins this week, Cat. Tim Kelly finally let me down with 56. Wines, 47, as uh, I said. David Cunningham out of a cannon with 80. Um Darcy Cameron, 135, was nice. About time he woke up and uh, had the captaincy on Tim. He provided the goods, so it was very good. And I held Sheezel, despite Alex Doherty, the, the trade mongrel, telling me to get rid of him. 126, foot you the bird, Doc, on the way through. Yeah, um, so. that would be that would be about right. I think I trade I traded Sheasel out of my original team ages ago, and he responded with about a one twenty. Um, Noah Anderson's a bit of a worry. He got seventy six this week with took back, so. Yeah, a couple of boffins in the mids that need to wake up and stumpy lead back. So now I'm going to hold trades and no one else got any trades. So that, that's how it is. <laughs> uh, how's, how's this team, uh, boys? Uh, high score of the week, nearly oh. cracked the 3,000. Oh. He had the vice captaincy loophole on Charlie Kerno for some reason, had 178. So have a shower, you dirty hippie. <laughs> um, Get out everything- of the basement, mate. Everything, everything else. Oh my god! It is, it is just a picture perfect team. And he had Rory Laird not playing. Uh, he, he's on the he, he's on the injured reserves. Uh, you know, what did he, he score? Two thousand nine hundred something. Two thousand nine hundred and thirteen. So he had Sicily with one seventy one. Stewart, uh, Sinclair with a one thirty two. Uh, Liberatore and Bont with one hundred twenty six. Doherty with a one fifty six. Steel with 160. You literally had all the heavy hitters here. Everyone it sounds scored- like it's been 2,900 days since he's seen daylight. Uh, the way that team's constructed, that's for sure. 
He's a shower, mate. Oh, jeez. He is a dirty, dirty man. Um, that's a good effort, though. Very good. Oh, very, that's a good score. He's done. He's done some. He's done some super shit. I reckon he's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be. You've got to be cheating. You've got to be cheating to to be to be pulling off that shit. Well, one of one of my mates. I'll give him a shout out if you can find his team. Here we go. Um, Jasper with his team, the Harlem Job Trotters. Uh, <laughs> he's currently sitting eighteenth overall, gentlemen. Oh, look at that! Well done. Wow. Um, so I've been telling him to take a shower all bloody season, um, and he's not listening. But oh, bloody, he, he went uh, Timmy English as his captain this week. So very nice. It wasn't even a big score from this week. He only. Oh no, sorry, no, I can't read wrong. He did have a big score this week. Twenty-seven eighteen. How's wow. that? So um, bloody good. He's moved up 12 ranks with that from 30th up to 18th. So he could genuinely get into the top 10. That's bloody rooted. And he's got Laird out. He's got Green out. He's got Darcy Cameron, Rowan Marshall, uh, all with emergency scores, Will Day as well. That's that's Some serious moves from Jasper this season. He's absolutely killing it. He's probably the the best bloke at Supercoach I know, and I don't know how he does it. I might just copy his team next year um, and (laughs) (laughs) and just do the exact same moves every single week. Yep, nope, that's good. See see what he's got and uh, report it back to us because I'll be copying him too. (laughs) Um, Do you have anything with the Burner teams reported or trade-wise, Doc? Currently, I've got... Uh, some trades in. Um, George Hewitt's looking pretty plum at the moment with the two with two ninety two k. So he's going to be in. Oh, with um, out, he'll definitely get a big score this week. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll definitely he'll definitely get a big score. I've got Luke Nankervis in as well. Just a bit of a downgrade on on Jasper Fletcher, which might be a bit a bit a uh, bit silly considering he's still got a bit of money to make. But this is now the pointing end stuff, so we've got to get players in where we can. And currently, I've got Whitfield in. We'll probably change that. Uh, as we as we get along the week, but he had one thirty three, and I think he'll uh, he'll get a good score this week because the dogs don't tag anyone. Um, but that still leaves me with two hundred thirty four thousand salaries in in salary space. So just going to get p- uh, players in where I can um, as as we fill out this team. But it's looking pretty nice at the moment. I mean, Sam Flanders still four sixty seven. He's been averaging well over the hundreds in the last five rounds. So Jeez. get him get him in while you still can. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tuco only had 81, though, Miller. We know Noah Anderson uh, underperformed, but he's still 506,000. He might still have a little bit of money to uh, to lose before he get, goes back up on the rise. But the big one for me is George Hewitt. You've got to get on, you got to get on him uh, for finals if you still have trades. He had 127. He's $292,000, so he's lost a bit of money after being injured and being the sub and being everything else that, you know, Michael Voss should, shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, he's the big one, and if you, if you've got Nick Blake in your team, get him out. <laughs> the lizard's done. Lizard's done. Says Doc. Oh, oh, the li- li- lizard is overcooked at the moment. <laughs> get him out of the oven, please. All right. Well, big final round coming up before finals. It's going to be very, very interesting how it all shapes out. Um, and our man Miller leading the podcast to victory. We can hope. We need a hero. I'll try. Onwards, Miller. We need a hero here. Uh, Let's crack into the tips before we wrap up here, gentlemen. Speaking of heroes here. Uh, A pretty good week all around. I managed to get eight this week. I should not have tipped my stupid mob. I don't know why I did, boys. Um, Stupid, stupid decision by me. It cost me the nine. But thankfully, neither of you boys got the nine either. Eight for Doc, seven for you, Miller. What's going on this week? There's only one tip between the two years. Why the fuck did I tip Freya? I mean, I am a goose. (laughs) 
I was convinced this team had turned a corner and then that corner turned out to be a roundhouse kick into my own face because it's been absolutely garbage. So Doc's only one behind. Cat on the bottom with 99. Doc on 108 and myself on 109. Our margins, are, by the way, are out of control. Um, <laughs> Cat's is 614. Doc's is oh, nine, uh, 598 and mine's 544. So... I tell you what, luckily we're not anywhere near the top and had to rely on our margin to get us home. But um, yeah, well, tough gee, tips we... this week, Cat, though. Some very tough tips. I'm interested to see how we go in these ones. Starting with Friday night, going to be a huge crowd at the G for this one. I don't remember the last time these two played off in a Friday night game. but 85K, do you reckon, boys? 90, 90 plus. Yeah, I reckon 90. Oh, 90. 90 plus, oh. boys, easily. 75. So no, what, they're not showing up, are they, Doc? They're, they're both Carlton's they'll, they'll they'll supporters wanting to play finals. They'll be turning oh, up. Carlton, Carlton have their VFL midfield at the moment. They'll be turning the up. The Fires get 60k against bloody no-name interstate teams here. They'll, they'll get 90. Yeah, anyway, get Collingwood versus Carlton. Uh, Collingwood, I think here, gentlemen. Margin, Cap? 22. <sighs> I just think with, with oh. Carlton missing the midfield, it's going to be too hard for them. Mm. Collingwood by 31. Thanks. Thanks. I say Collingwood by 27. Oh, no. <laughs> We're not even, not even getting it close here. All right. Uh, this yeah, should no, be 90,000, 90, 90, though. <laughs> <laughs> this game on Saturday is going to be interesting. Uh, the Bulldogs mm, and the Giants in Ballarat, oh. Doc. Oh, I'm oh, oh, going Dogs uh, GWS first. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, geez. This will be, this will be an interesting game. Uh, JJ apparently uh, slated to come back in, which is great news for us. Get yep. Nathan Vandermeer out of this. Fucking team. Bye, <laughs> um, You're done. Oh, get out of here. Um, good to see. Uh, good to see. Bukukamas finally get a run. Um, he didn't do much, but he still got <laughs> a least, run. At least he was there. He, st- he still got a run. He was there. Jeez, uh, if I didn't have such an investment in my team, I would. I, I, I'd, I'd tip us. I'd tip us. But GWS, I think on form are the better team. I'm going to go them. Jeez. Oh, I'm going to go dogs. I think this is a must-win game in Ballarat on Mars. They're going to have to do it on the rocky surface, Cat. Yeah, I'm going the dogs too. The orange tsunami can't reach Mars. Um, There's not water there. Well, there might be, but uh, no. Go dogs. Uh, this game, the other one at 145, Geelong and Freo. Uh, Geelong. Not Fremantle after their shit effort last Geelong. You think I'll take Freo for the rest of the year? You're delusional. Uh, go go the cats. Go the mighty cats. Uh, we got the Q clash on Saturday afternoon, Gold Coast and Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane. Brisbane? Yeah. I think this will be a bit more intense because Jared Lyons revenge game. Always a special occasion. Um Ben King was absolutely woeful on the way. I, I want him to give me something. Give me yeah, something this weekend. Then. I don't think Ben King's kicked the goal in about a month. <laughs> I don't think he's had a kick in about a month. Um, I'm going Brisbane as well. Not to be Gold Coast. I'm not tipping Ben King to do anything special. Uh, Well, he kicked one point on the weekend. No, he has not kicked a goal over the last four games, Ben King. Jesus Christ. Get it together, Betty boy. Yeah, get it together. It's not good at all. All right. Saturday night. So we're all going to the Lions then. Saturday night, uh, Essendon oh, and big Sydney game at Marvel State. Huge game here, boys. Um, I'm very, very worried about my team at the moment, and I think we're going to lose this game. I'm going to Swans. Oh, no Jordan Ridley. The back line's mm. going to be completely disorganised. Um, he helps us defensively and offensively, and he's not going to be there. So Swan, 
Oh, I was going to go Essendon, and then you said Jordan Ridley's not playing, and I remembered. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. So I'm going to go. <laughs> he's I'm pretty go good at this footy thing. I'm going Sydney. Um, I think the last two weeks have actually been quite good. Mm. Um, I think they they carried on their game uh, against us into into the game against Freo, and they were very good. So I'm going to go Swans. Don't think I've tipped Essendon for about twelve weeks, and I'm going to um, <laughs> with no confidence. You've made the right decision not tipping us, and now you've just stuffed it. <laughs> I'm going to go to Don's. <laughs> I think this is an important game, as, as you both uh, emphasise. So. This, this tip's to tie it up, Miller. Yeah, this tip's for me to shit me, shit me Dax. Uh, Saturday night, we've got the showdown at Adelaide Oval. A few weeks ago when we did the subscriber episode, I said I thought the Crows could get this one done. Uh, I'm not confident with that anymore. <laughs> I actually think Portland going to come out and belt them here, boys. Yeah, uh, I think Port might deliver a smackdown, Kat. You're right. I'm going to Port. I was half tempted to go the Crows. Um, they always seem to turn up uh, for the showdown. But, yeah, I think Port will be steaming from that game against uh, the Pies. So I'm going to back them back Absolutely them in. Absolutely steaming. Uh, Sunday at Marvel, Hawthorne and St Kilda God. might be lucky to get 15k to this game after they had 19k <laughs> last week or yesterday for North and St Kilda. Uh, I'm going to tip Hawks though, boys. They did very, very well in this yeah. game last time against them. The Saints are arguably playing worse now than they were then, so go Hawks. I like that, Cat. Oh, I mean, I got to see Hawthorne firsthand live on the weekend, and they were elite. No, their three and a half quarters, they looked absolutely like the best team in the comp, the way they were playing. Um, I'm going to go Hawthorne too because St. Kilda, they suck. And then Hawthorne are giving me something to hold on to recently, so I'm going to go Hawker. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the Hawks as well. You know, like you, Miller, I went and saw them a couple of weeks ago against North, and you know, if that wasn't for shit goal kicking, they probably would have beat them by 10 goals. So. Mm. Um, no, they're very, they're very impressive in terms of their application. They just need to polish it off now and get James Sicily in for a double ton, I think. He's going to be my captain for the super coach this week. <laughs> oh, I like that, Doc. I think he's a very, very good shout there. Yep, I'm going to Hawks. All right, we're all going Hawks. Uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Arvo, Richmond and Melbourne. The Gs, this could be a big game here. Oh, Tigers big... win. You're still in contention for the 8-0. Big test oh, for mini, dear. big test for mini bowl there, uh, Miller. This very big test. Um, the D's look vulnerable. At the end of last do. week. I mean, this is the thing I did say last week, even before the Crows game, is that this is the time I do want to be playing Melbourne. I must say, they look uh, patchy. They have won their last three, but so have we. Um, oh, I've, oh, I've gone Melbourne, but I hope my mob gives it a really good go. I will be at this game. I'm also going mm. Melbourne. Oh. I'm kind of tempted to go Richmond. I think they can do it. Do it. Um, <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> um, I wait. I wait for the teams. But at the moment, I'd say Melbourne. Melbourne. All right. That's that. All right. Final oh, game of the round. The Harley Reid Cup. Game. The Harley Reid Cup. Who can tank harder this week? West Coast <laughs> or North Melbourne? Optus Stadium. West Coast get their fuck. second win, boys. Or will North Out get the their third? How the fuck are North, uh, West Coast two dollars ten? How is this game allowed to be televised? More importantly, it should be banned. Surely that's a threat to public safety. To oh. these two on TV. <laughs> Jeez, I t- geez, I tell you what, if this was placed during the uh, the Oppenheimer movie, they'd be uh, testing it at Optus Stadium, not bloody in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I tell you what, um, this is this is interesting. I mean, even if West Coast somehow win, their percentage is too dire that I think North will drop below them. So. Both sides, have, both sides haven't won since round two. So, well, 
That's like, crazy. I, I, I can't justify who's been more shit. Probably I mean, I look, not. I look at North Probably Melbourne. Went. They gave it a good go on the weekend, but I, I think West Coast are just absolutely cooked. They just, they're in dire situation. Yeah, well, as I said last week, Miller, North don't know how to win a game. Uh, they just cannot find the players necessary to maintain a lead, uh, keep it together for five minutes. No. Um, but having said that, I'm going to back them in this week. I think they've been, you look back on the overall grand scheme of things, North have been less shit than West Coast, which barely. isn't saying, yeah, I was going to say barely, Cat It doesn't say a lot, but uh, probably more confident in North than I am West Coast. Yeah, I'm going to go North too, boys. I, I just think I, I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't West, look at a West Coast. I, I can't tip West Coast with a good conscience here. No. North. You want to sleep that night, Kat? You can't. Yes, tip. I want to sleep soundly without this bloody game weighing on my mind. No, they're dickheads. You can't do it. Uh, are you going north as well, Mel? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no chance. No, no one is giving the Eagles any. If they win this, uh, it's going to be like they just won the grand final over in Perth. Dead set. <laughs> They literally will be out of a cannon. They will love it. <laughs> they will love it. They'll be jumping up and down for joy. Oh, goodness. Well, that takes us through to the end of the episode, gentlemen. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when new episodes come out. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at A3 Footy on Twitter, and we've got our email as well, A3 Footy at gmail.com. Oh, the, thinking about that game just put me in and giving me bloody headaches, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm a bit sad thinking about <laughs> I that. I just don't even want to. I'm not going to watch the footy on Sunday, I guess. Just uh, avoid so it. Yeah. So nah. Nah. Watch the VFLW Grand Final instead. It's going to be a belter. <laughs> don't subject yourself to the Stadium. Yes, Port Melbourne and uh, Collingwood. Port, Ma- Port Melbourne and Collingwood. Port Melbourne. Uh, Port Melbourne's girls team into their first Grand Final since into the VFLW. So um, saw, saw them firsthand dismantle your mob uh, on the weekend, Cat. So. Yes. Um, get around him this week. Yeah, get around him. Go Fetty. Hope she wins another flag. Okay. Yeah, go Fetty Wap. Go Fetty Wap. Uh, with all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Stick with us. The end of the season is slowly approaching. Plenty more footy to come before then, though. Thanks for listening. Go, Adam Simpson. Go, Mars Stadium. <laughs> go, the Orange Team. <laughs>